Hey, church. Once again, good to be with you this morning. I'm super excited to get to introduce my new friend, the Reverend Brian Scheimer, with whom I'm going to be having this conversation about the fruit of the Spirit that is goodness slash generosity. Uh, but before we get into our scripture and our conversation, I wanted to give uh, Brian an opportunity to talk a little bit about himself, about his affiliation with our church, about uh, some of his ministry work and his current work. So um, before we get rolling, Brian, please uh, tell us a little about yourself. Andy, good to be here with you and Portsmouth Union Church. Thanks for letting me be here also. You probably don't know this, but I am, you are my charge conference, which is the language of Methodists use when somebody is like adrift as a pastor and has no place to land. And so they need a place to land. And Jules is in charge of people landing places. And so she wrote me and said, Brian, what's your charge conference going to be? And I had no idea. It was March or April and all this COVID stuff was happening. And I had no idea where my wife was going to be moving. My wife's also clergy in the UMC. And so I said, how about your place? And so that's how I got to be with you guys. And she said, okay, great. You get to preach three times. Wonderful. So anyway, that's why I'm here. Um, as of the end of June, I stepped out of full-time ministry as, in, as a clergy person in the local church anyway, after 33 years there, because um, just felt like God was leading me into some peacemaking work. I'm doing, I'm working in mediation with homeowners associations because we find that there's a lot of conflict among people that live together in community. And I'd love to see there be peace and peaceful communities and beautiful communities for people. And so I'm working with HOA boards um, to help them get along better and learn how to get along with their community and do mediation with them and train them with mediation, that kind of thing. So if you need me to do that for you, just call me. Anyway, I'm <laughs> I am a shameless put plug. What is that what that's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh my. Anyway, um, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm also, work, I have a ministry called Lionhearted Ministries, which I'm also doing prayer counseling with people and the other things that don't fit under the idea of doing mediation with Genesis Goodhearth HOA Center. So that's what I'm doing right now. I live in the Beaverton area. I've been living there since 2009, lived in banks prior to that, married to my wife, Karen, for nearly 40 years, 39 years this August, and she is also clergy in at right now at Markham and Karis United Methodist Churches. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you're here. I'm I'm excited about this conversation, man. This is going to be good. Um, so uh, let me pray for us, then we'll get into some scripture and and let's let's dig in. So let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to spend some time in the scriptures. We pray that you would reveal a word for us. We pray that in this conversation, Holy Spirit, you will move within each one of us in our conversation and those who will hear this conversation to reveal yourself and to continue to encourage us to be molded and formed to be more like you. We give you this time. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and all the holy names of God. Amen. 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 All right. So I'm going to start out by reading for us our, our uh, guiding scripture, again, from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 
25. There we read, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, slash goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Brian, uh, you chose a passage from Luke. Would you read that one for us? Yeah. So I, uh, pondering this passage, pondering the Galatians passage, and that word uh, generosity in the NRSV, or goodness in other translations, or I could say most translations. Um, <laughs> and and the, the story that just came to my heart was this one. So Jesus and his disciples were approaching the village of Nain, and there was a large crowd with them. And as they came close to the city, there was coming out of the city gates a funeral procession with some people carrying the, the dead person ahead of a group of people. Uh, the a widow's only son had died. And Jesus saw her and was filled with compassion. And he went up to her and he said, don't cry. And then he went to the bier where the person was laid and laid his hands on it and then spoke to the man and said, get up. And at once the dead man sat up and began talking to those around him. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Of course, the people were just astounded, filled with fear and awe, saying there's a great prophet who has arisen among us. We have never seen anything like this before. So that was the passage out of Luke 7 that struck me in this scripture. Awesome, awesome. Um, Brian, I don't think you mentioned in the course of your introduction that you're also into storytelling, biblical storytelling. Uh, my- I loved how you just told that story. I will probably not do mine quite the justice that you have, but I'm thrilled uh, with the way you presented that. I also chose a passage from Luke and... Uh, So I'm going to read from Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, a story which is probably pretty familiar to many of us. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. 
Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures? Thanks be to God. Amen. I love how he gave two days wages to the innkeeper. And I love how Jesus doesn't ask, ask who was the neighbor. Yeah. Like the guy had asked him, who is my neighbor? Which is a different direction, right? And Jesus said, who was the neighbor? The neighbor is about how we act, not who we view. Isn't that interesting in this story? I love it. It's just like, whoa, Jesus. And he couldn't even say Samaritan. Yeah. The one... He doesn't even say, he can't say Samaritan. He said, the one who was nice. The one who was nice. That guy. I'm not saying what he was. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we've been, Brian, we've uh, taken up the habit, routine, the practice in our weekly conversation, Jules and I. And I want to invite you into this and simply starting out by asking, why did you pick your scripture for the morning? Why, why this when you thought of, again, we're saying, goodness slash generosity because it's it is most of the time I know I grew up um I grew up having memorized the fruit of the spirit in Sunday school and it was love joy peace patience kindness goodness when I saw generosity I was taken aback I know I know you shared the same thing so we decided what is that I don't know but we decided hey let's just go with it and talk about maybe both so why why did you pick this particular scripture well, it, it struck me as well, as you know, that, that that word generosity just really kept tripping me up as I kept thinking back to the word that um, Jules had said we were working on this week, because I couldn't remember that word in the fruit of the spirit, like the fruit, what God brings forth in our lives. And so actually, I went and looked and, and I found it that it was in the NRSV. So when I looked back in the Greek, just for fun to see what was the original word anyway, and it really gets translated as goodness everywhere. But it has that meaning, the idea of goodness as an action. Goodness is something that flows forth. Goodness is something that's visible and seen. And so that's why generosity is also an aspect. It's not translated that way, uh, except here um, in this translation. But in every place else, they use goodness. But you have that idea of the benefit of a life flowing through a life, the benefit that flows through a life is that in, that, in that terminology. And so I guess for me... Um, I kept thinking, okay, well, Jesus, you're the one that best demonstrates this for sure. And so I started thinking about like actions of Jesus and this story about this, this widow who is at the bottom end of bottom, because as a widow in that society, already she was without support except for her only son, but now her son has died. So now she is, she is destitute at the bottom of the rung uh, of, of what she could be. And I just, the thing that always strikes me about Jesus and this story is it says he's filled with compassion for her. Well, if you're filled with compassion for a person, you're going to act with kindness, with goodness towards them. But his first words out of his mouth don't sound good because he says this grieving woman, don't cry. Like, how is that a good thing to say to any grieving person? It's like walking up and saying, it's like walking up and saying, hey, Romans 8.28 is true for you, you know? God will work all things according to the good of those who love him, according, whatever. You know, it's like, oh, that wasn't helpful. But he says, don't cry. And so I just, I remember discussing this with the church once in, in our own community when I was doing that gig. And 
that tripped people up. They were like, what? That wasn't nice. Why did you say don't cry? And we, we I asked questions like, what do you think? You know, what did we learn about Jesus? He said, don't cry. And what can we see about this? And we recognized he was this caring for this woman. He didn't want her to miss what he was going to do. And had he not said, don't cry, she wouldn't have been shocked out of her grieving because if you're grieving, you're you know probably downcast, you're weeping, you're not looking at anything except your dismal future. He had to shock her out of that. And so he says, don't cry. And she would have been like, probably angry. What? This is something worth crying for. But to do that meant she watched him. Mm. And, and I just felt like the incredible beauty of Jesus is to take an action that is unusual or doesn't look like an action that we would call good and be something that's transformational in a person's life so they can actually celebrate something that he's doing otherwise she would have just been told about it mm. she would have actually recognized her son was raised from the dead after she heard him talking right but instead she gets to see it happen and watches her son sits up and starts talking to the people around him and then gets presented back to her which yeah. i just love that i love that jesus picture to me mm. yeah it's I, I it's almost like in saying don't cry it's more of a no listen up look 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 check this out like just check exactly. this out. You're not gonna want to miss this. This is you gonna know, exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I care for you this much. I don't want you to miss this. And I just yeah. think that's beautiful. It, it, it is. It's a. It's an. Um, when I think generosity, and I think about uh, the generosity of of Jesus and the generosity of God, it's there's an abundance piece of it, right? There's an over overflowing of generosity. So yeah. you're absolutely right could have just healed, could have just raised this person from the dead and just done it and then waited for her to recognize him. No, and that probably would have been enough. It would have met a need, but he, he's like, no, no, no. I'm gonna take this one step further. There's generosity in my goodness by saying, no, watch, check this out because it's gonna be even better if you see it. I love that, I love that. Can you imagine what the impact was upon all the grieving people around her? <laughs> When he says, don't cry, yeah. he has a whole mob, yeah. a whole mob. Of, what? How dare you speak to her that way? Like, you know, like, this guy's a jerk. Exactly. Exactly. Why do people like Jesus? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's really great. I love it. I love it. Well, yes, that's, that's what landed me there with him and with the beauty of his goodness, generosity towards this woman and her situation. How about you? What took you to the Good Samaritan, other than the word good in the title? Well, that it? well Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, and Jules has teased me in the past in these conversations of sometimes being a little too on the nose when it comes to my choice in, in scripture passages. But I was really moved when you emailed earlier in the week. I, uh, I was compelled by your, your question around the translation of, of either generosity or goodness, and you're seeking to find a story that in, that kind of addressed both, uh, passes that addressed both. And so this did immediately come to my mind, in addition to the fact the word good is part of the descriptor of the story. Uh, but I think it is an example of, of goodness in abundance, a generosity of goodness, uh, because 
we could just see this as a, a morality tale. We could just see this as uh, Jesus trying to teach this guy, this is what a, a good person is. This, is. this is what a neighbor is. This is how you should be. This is how we should be. But there's something more to it in the way that he frames each of the characters. The fact that a Samaritan, as you said, a word which, which the, the expert in the law couldn't even say, a Samaritan is the one who is the good person, is huge. There's something more than just, uh, when we talk about this kind of goodness, it's not just being a good guy. You know, I think about, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll think of people I'm fond of, um, and, and when I'm describing them to people, I say, oh, he's a good dude. She's a really good person. There's something more to goodness in this sense, goodness that is a fruit of the Holy the Spirit of God within us. And that is that the action piece. And you mentioned the action piece in your story as well. And I see this as, first of all, the, the Samaritan uh, goes to this person and draws near to this person, is present with this person. That's the first course of action. Then goes the extra level of tending to this person's wounds, caring for this person. And then, and that could have been good. Hey, and he could have just actually maybe given this person a couple of coins. And that maybe would have been, that would have been sufficient. I cared for this person. I made sure their wounds were tended to, but there's a next level that I'm, I think is, is radical is the word that I would use. Um, radical next level generosity when it comes to this kind of goodness to take this person, put them on your vehicle, your, your uh, form of transportation, take them to the inn, then take two days worth of wages, two denarius, two days of wages, pay ahead of time and say, care for this person and then I'll be back around. So going out of his way again, and I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Take care of this person with extravagance. Show this kind of goodness. And over the top, right? Yeah, it's over the top. Now, I, I love that Jesus says, you know, go and do likewise. Because we could leave it there that, like, Okay, answer the question, this, this is how you should act. This is what salvation looks like. This is what the Spirit of God working through someone looks like. But I think it's also an illustration of God's goodness and generosity. Uh, in some sense, Jesus kind of puts himself in the place of this Samaritan, because Jesus also is an outcast. Jesus is also one that will eventually... Uh, though they kind of dig him now is eventually they're going to turn on him and they're going to crucify him. And he, so he puts himself in this place of the, the caring person as well and frames it as this is not only the way we should be, but this is the extravagance of the goodness of God. And we've been in the, um, in the last few weeks as we've talked about the fruit of the spirit, I've been, Jules has been great about pointing out that it's um, oftentimes when we read these stories and we recognize this fruit, it's so important to realize that the, the, um, 
the extent of God's uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those. And I think we see that in this story as well. So it's a, it teaches us something about how to be good and generously good, but it also shows us the way that God does it. And it is, it's, it's next level. It's over and above. Does that make sense? That means that like a good, it's like the spirit that it's, it's, a, it's got to be motivated by a Holy Spirit move in our hearts too. Oh, yeah. I think it's so interesting that the person that he's good toward, you know, this is a person that stripped of everything. It means he lost everything that gave him identity. He lost everything that gave him value. Mm-hmm. He, he'd lost all, all those things that um, gave him something that had place. Like there's nothing to identify him as Jewish even, except if he'd been circumcised. That's it. Like mm-hmm. this, is, this is like stripped and left for dead at the side of the road. He's, he's lost everything. I remember when this, um, some friends of mine were telling this story. Uh, just we, when we do workshops on storytelling, we go out and tell stories to strangers because it's scary and it's good experience. Mm-hmm. And so they went into a shopping mall and they saw this girl with a hoodie pulled all the way down over her head, typing on her phone. And, and they went up and they said, hey, you know, um, do you mind if we tell you a story? And this girl's like, no, I don't mind. And so she puts her phone away and looks up and they tell her this story and are asking questions of it. And they dug into it and asked her, you know, what, what did she, you know, what might this guy have lost as he experienced this? And she named all kinds of things, his value, his identity, his person, you know, who he was as a person. And, and they came to like application questions. They said, you know, in the story we saw, this man had, had been stripped of all value, of all worth of who he was you know, today, do we see anybody that is stripped of all their worth, all their value, and is feeling alone and isolated in this world? And this girl looked up at them, and her hoodie fell back, and she had tears on her face, and she said, that person, that person's me. And suddenly, those two women, who were just ladies in the mall, became moms. Oh, honey, sweetheart they sat down with her and just hugged on her and they prayed with her and they loved on her and they helped her you know connect with jesus they helped her connect with the local church they wanted to check up with her all that stuff but it was just like so beautiful how she the holy spirit just said oh my gosh that's me and that's i think jesus wants to do that he wants to touch people at the point i think the thing that empowers me so much in this story it's not up to me to decide who my neighbor is it's up to me to be the neighbor towards everyone around me. Absolutely. That, that direction is so amazing because it's got to be by Holy Spirit empowerment. Then it can't be because I'm a cool person. Yeah. It's got to be because the Spirit's there. Absolutely. And I, what compels me, uh, like what's really moving to me about the story you just told about the girl in the hoodie is these storytelling moms, if you will, uh, their heart moved by that need was moved toward what i would call uh generous goodness to say yeah. oh it could have been like oh wow hmm. yeah well we'll pray for you right exactly <laughs> walked away because <laughs> it could have been really <laughs> awkward and weird and we don't know this girl and now she's crying and oh yeah. and look what we did but <laughs> instead, <laughs> yeah exactly but instead <laughs> Instead, they were moved and, and, had, and had compassion. Um, and, and that's a, uh, another piece of this as well, that, that, that the Holy Spirit uh, 
moves us in the direction of compassion, which can lead us to this kind of goodness that isn't just being a good person um, or just telling a good story, but right. being available and acting in the moment um, to care for people, right? And what did it take for the Samaritan to stop? I mean, what kind of things did he have to overcome to stop at all? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, the priest and Levite, that's in a whole nother, it's like, oh dear God. We, the we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> That's another sermon, Brian. <laughs> We're not going there, man. <laughs> but I mean, it must, there's so much that I have to overcome. And yet you don't see any of it in the story, except that he chose to stop, right? He just, he took out all of his own supplies and, and did it. He just did it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I've been the recipient of this overcoming um, grace in my life so many times um, from God, like I've experienced this kind of goodness from God. And uh, the story that came to mind for me as we were talking is I am, I don't know what it is about this season. But anyway, God has me writing books right now. So I wrote one in the first part of the COVID thing, which is out to readers to try to see if we can get it to the point of being published, a, um, a novel about a little kid. But now I'm writing another one on my own life, on an aspect of my life. I was sexually abused as a kid um, by an associate pastor in a local church for over a three-year period of time. In the same period of time, my mom was really going through a crazy-making time in her own life, and those two things combined to make my own life kind of hard. And so I've done a lot of processing. In fact, I've, I've done a poor job processing. Sometimes it's just like processed me for a lot of years. Uh, but I've, as I was writing out an aspect of just what it felt like to be me and that ages and stuff in my and that part of my story, I came upon this um, thing in my journal where God reached into my heart and demonstrated his goodness to me as I, um, I as I wrote, I'm just going to read it because I don't know how else to, there's no summary. Please do. Please do. Um, so I, um, I was just, uh, I, I wrote, help me hear what, um, help me hear what's going on inside of me, Jesus, because I can't even put words to it, I, something like that. And, and he said, you're filling the inner pain vacuum, which so needs to be filled. You are so troubled and challenged. All you know is to fill up the body with something. Next time, stop. Listen to yourself. Stop and hear yourself. Stop and learn to be present to yourself, for you need to hear what you're saying. Instead of pushing the pain down with food, let it out in speech and in writing. I wrote back, I'm so little sometimes, God, I feel so little. With tenderness and gentleness, I heard, you are my son, be encouraged. Little is not bad, little is real. Little is in perspective. In contrast, you could feel big and just be creating a lie. You could feel big and just be acting what you are not. Rather, be little. Be my little child right now. Crawl up into my lap. Let me hold you. Beautiful man. That's so beautiful. That, I, I, is that, and that's to a 33-year-old man that was struggling <laughs> with his heart. But it just, you know, just the reality, right, of, of experiencing a God who is gentle and good and, and generous enough to be present to his kids that are hurting. Uh, and I, just, I, I come back to that reality in um, wanting to be this kind of goodness to others but also want to be a person that actually allows this kind of goodness to impact me. Yeah, yeah. I, it, hearing that, um, 
reminded me of a song, you know, we, we, I do miss singing in church. Um, so if I get emotional talking about this, forgive me. <laughs> I miss it so much. Uh, but we, we would sing this song uh, that re- was really popular in churches when we were, churches were still singing uh, called Good, Good Father. Uh, and we actually would sing, um, we changed the word in the different choruses to also sing Good, Good Mother and good creator to bring it past just the gendered father language but the whole point being that uh, so often our idea of who god is is shaped by a really terrible theology around a god who is angry and vengeful and uh, just looking for us to slip up <laughs> which we do all the stinking time anyway when when the reality is that's not that's not the picture we get of God. We get Jesus acting in this generously good way. We get Jesus telling stories of, of generous goodness. We get the story of the, um, that we've called the prodigal son, the, the story of the good, good father. And just uh, that yeah. brought that to mind that that's, we would sing, I, I would sing that with tears in my eyes because I was raised um, to be afraid of God. It took me many, many years of processing and um, reshaping my own theology to really become fully convinced of the overwhelming goodness and love and mercy of God for everyone, every single person, everyone. Uh, and, And what a gift, right? What a gift to come to that understanding of God. And then, and then further to be, uh, made aware that, oh, that's possible in us, that that same spirit of God is within each one of us and cultivated through practice, uh, can express itself and bless people like some of the folks we've talked about in our stories today. Oh, as Rob Bell would say, so good, so good. (laughs) So good. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to turn now and you usually uh, end our time with uh, asking some questions. So uh, friends, these questions will be posted on the Facebook page and we invite you to, um, to engage in conversation around these questions during the questions of the people time at 1030 on Sunday morning or online or just in conversation that you're having throughout the week. Um, but to think through these things is just a response to this. I'm just going to call it amazing conversation because I think it's an amazing conversation, Brian. I loved it. So these questions, one, can you think of a time where you were the recipient of the type of generous generosity, generous goodness that, that Brian and I've been talking about? Uh, and what did that feel like? Describe that feeling in your, in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. And second, what unique opportunities are there in the area of goodness and generosity in our unique current context, being that we're in a a pandemic and quarantined um, and those kinds of things, uh, but also in the midst of of a a, a huge movement toward social justice and, and change in our country. What unique opportunities are there in the area of goodness and generosity? And then uh, finally, and, and thank you, Brian, for this question. Uh, where do you wish 
you could see people demonstrate goodness in relationships. And I put like anywhere. Like where, where do you wish that you could see goodness in relationships? So those three questions, um, chew on those uh, and invite you to respond and, on Facebook and, 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 I, and get into it in the same way that Brian and I have. Um, before I ask you to pray to close our time, um, Brian, I, I just want to thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. Thank you for your life and your work and your story and just sharing all of that with us. I trust this will not be the last time that we get to have a conversation like this and that we get to have you back to, to share with our church. I know people would love to hear more storytelling from you. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure, total pleasure. I've enjoyed this awesome. yeah, privilege. Would you be willing to close us in prayer? Yeah. So thank you, good, good God, uh, that you are one that comes into our lives in goodness and mercy and joy. You're one that allows us to experience pain, but also brings us through the other side of it. I pray for your blessing on um, Pastor Andy and Pastor Jules, that you just cause their leadership to be anointed by you in the congregation there and use them for mighty blessing as you have already and continue to build into this congregation a deeper work than they've experienced yet and what you have for them open up great doors of opportunity to be that good Samaritan to many as I know they already have. Thank you so much for the privilege, oh God, that we have as a people to gather together, to share together and opportunities to share even online in, in chats in the, on the Facebook. And thank you for this time together. We honor you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Brian, and thanks everyone. Thank you.